The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Pekin celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the Leinster. You know, or are they treating it as just another game, another stepping stone? That's the, that's the question I have. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. How are you all doing? You're very welcome along to the Football Pod. We're back. The sun is shining outside. Paddy Andrews, that's a little bit of a tan, I think I see. <laughs> Sunburn, is it? A little bit of colour. Yeah. I go from white to pink and back to white again. So, uh, Ooh. never really tanned. I'm off to Portugal this week, lads, as well. Beautiful. So I'm uh, going to struggle down there, I feel. So I won't get to the games uh, in Croker this weekend, unfortunately. But I will be uh, an interested spectator this weekend. Some good games coming up. Is it a golf affair? Uh, fair. No, it's a wedding. A wedding, yes. So they're the ones you never got to go to when you were playing. So, uh, is there any golf on those golf trips, or is it just like you bring the clubs, are right, but you never play? <laughs> Paddy Stag, you, you, you played golf in the Stag, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we tried to. We lasted about four holes. <laughs> I, I use the term very loosely with that golf trip. Yeah. Is there a story about a buggy that you're not allowed to tell? few stories from that thing are probably not allowed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not live on air. No. Okay. So, we'll save it. We'll save it for our next roadshow, which we can't mention yet, but we will have details on very, very soon. Oh, yes. yes. You are listening to episode 23 of the Football Pod. It is brought to you with thanks to AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. It would be remiss of me to kick into this podcast if I didn't just, on behalf of all the Football Pod listeners, wish... James, Jimmy O'Donoghue, a very happy birthday. James. Hey. Yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yes. Happy belated birthday, James, from all of us here in the football pod. Thanks. 28. Ooh. And feeling every day of it. You look very fresh. I've been 28 now for a good, good one. <laughs> no, 32. Yeah. yeah. Nice I'll weekend. From there. Felt this one. I did have a lovely weekend, actually, when my buddies got married in... Do you remember I was at a wedding in the Cayman Islands at the start of the Jeez. season? Yeah. So he had his Irish wedding in the Faha Court, a place in, in Killarney. So it was just a party. Beautiful weather, nice grub, few drinks. Very nice. Killarney in the sun, hot class. Congratulations to Mike and Christine again. There you go. They've been dragging it out, to be fair, six months now since they got married and they're still having parties. <laughs> well, if anyone didn't know our agent on the football pod, they'd have a fair idea by the amount of weddings that you boys are at every week, how yeah. old you are. So right. you're in that kind of stage of life. It was... A busy week or so since we were last chatting. We're going to get stuck into our All-Ireland quarterfinal preview in the next few minutes. But at the weekend, we had the Talchon Cup semifinals. Two cracking games of football. Loads of smashing scores on show. There was, I'd say, was it 16 just so? It was more than the qualifier weekend the weekend before. There's about 17,000 in Crow Park at the weekend. Yeah. But I don't think it affected the quality on show at all. I think it was great that the games were there. Um We've got our Talchon Cup finalists for 2022. It's Cavan going up against Westmead, boys. What did you make of the weekend, Paddy? We called that right from the start, didn't we? I think we, we, everyone expected Cavan were probably the strongest team in it, despite the fact they, they were playing in Division 4 this season. We, we liked Westmead. Obviously, they pushed Kildare all the way in the Leinster semi-final. Uh, we did actually tip Tipperary as well. So they kind of never got out, got into this competition at all. So it's no real surprise. I feel it's probably the two best teams. We kind of had a feeling the momentum that Offaly had built up over the last couple of weeks that they, 
they might be able to spring an upset there yesterday. But but look, I think Westmead, out of the four teams on display, I thought Westmead were actually the most impressive. Yeah. I think it's going to be a cracking final. I think it's a really, really evenly matched final. I thought Cavan weren't at their best yesterday. Their first quarter, they come out of the blocks and they're thinking, Cavan are going to blow Sligo away. But they just stalled really after that. And Sligo, to be fair, Coral <laughs> Paddy O'Connor, who had a really good game, had possibly could have had a hat-trick at yeah. least. And Sligo just they didn't take their chances. They never got in front. That they were kind of pushing Cavan all the way. They just felt that they got their noses in front. They could have caused a big upset. But but Cavan hung on. Cavan's big players probably weren't at their best. Guys like Paddy Lynch was t- well tied up by by Evan Lyons for something. Mm. Yeah, Sligo will be kicking themselves, but it was it was a really exciting game. And for Cavan, they're in the final. I probably have them still as slight favourites, but Westmead. Yeah, I think so. Three nineteen for play Westmead. Got they have forwards. That can hurt you. I think it's going to be a great game, but I, I think yesterday out of the four teams West Mead were probably the most impressive. But I just think Cavan, you're going off what they did against Donegal in the Ulster Championship and how they performed. They didn't reach those heights yesterday. They got away with it, but I expect them to have a big performance in, in a couple of weeks' time. But it's going to be a cracking final. It's going to be two really good teams, really evenly matched teams back in Crow Park. So it's what the Telton Cup was brought in for. West Mead got two fifteen against Kildare as well. Yeah, but they have some serious firepower, and they have a good couple of games in Crop Park under their belt. They have a cracking well, team. Awfully, you can't say awfully very poor. Yeah, awfully yeah. kind of got stung with big injuries during the week. They uh, did, there was even a couple of there times was a COVID outbreak. Yeah, yeah, they were caught in the counter attack where they would committed way too many bodies forward and just didn't hold yeah. anyone back. And Westmead, have, they seem to have loads of legs. They were just very kind of they cut through the league, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and yeah. there wasn't a hand put on. And in fairness, the Heston was brilliant. So. No, I, I think Westmead looked like a solid outfit. I think it wouldn't have look at it wouldn't have taken a rocket scientist to pick Cavan and Westmead out of the hat early on. I definitely yeah. was in Westmead's corner. But I think what we're seeing there is the development of those two teams. Cavan are provincial champions from a couple of years ago. I feel like if Westmead were in another province, even maybe in Connacht, they would have had a fair shout at a provincial title over the last five or six years. They've got quality there across the board. They had a season in Division One. I think with Offaly, like we we've definitely seen the shoots of some of their under-20 winners. We've yes. seen, you know, Jack Bryant really come into his own in the last couple of weeks. Keith O'Neill uh, in the corner who didn't even start for the 20s. Lee Pearson has probably been the most consistent along the way and they had a couple of other lads coming in off the bench. They looked young awfully out there. They yeah. did look young. Anton Sullivan was driving them forward. Johnny Maloney at centre-back. But I just think at that level, when you have a couple of big injuries like that, a couple of people are missing. Like for Sligo, the difference may have actually come down to the fact that Niall Murphy Yes. really only had 30-odd minutes in him. And he is such a good footballer. You mentioned Patrick O'Connor. Like, Alan Riley's been very good from the Talchon Cup. The two lads are a bit younger, though. They haven't got what Niall Murphy has. Niall Murphy's played international rules. And I just think at that level... Well, he was just clinical, Tom. That, yeah. that was the big thing. He comes in, he kicks four points. And, and you're looking at them. None of them are out, outstanding world-beater points, but they're just sharp. He's just having an opportunity. I nailed it. He was, Patrick he was O'Connor was, was causing Cavan all sorts of trouble. Yeah. But just he was missing that clinical edge. And look, that's, for these teams, they're relatively inexperienced. At this is for Sligo, definitely for Offaly, there's, there's progress to be made. What they'll get out of playing that game with Crow Park. And, and Massive, yeah. we've mm. been very vocal about not playing every single game of Crow Park the weekends because atmosphere-wise, it's not great. It's, it doesn't look good. The optics of it when you're watching on TV for the Talton Cup, I do actually think these games should be played in Crow Park because it is a reward to get Sligo into Crow Park, to get Offaly into Crow Park. The point of playing 
Mayo in the qualifiers the week before, I don't get that because there's no, the players don't really get a benefit of that either. But for those guys playing yesterday in Crow Park, like it was me, they're fortunate they, they played their bit in the Leinster Championship. But for Cavan, for Sligo to come up, for those young lads from Offaly to get a game there as well, they'll take a lot from that. But, but I, I do think, you see, Westmead just looked, physically, they, they just looked a bit better. They were cutting through at ease. And the big thing with Westmead, we all know Hessel and he's been doing it for 10 mm. years. You know, he can just clip scores. He's always been the kind of figurehead there. But they've got a supporting cast there. Ronan O'Toole and Sam McCartan, the half-forward line. Very impressive against Kildare as well in the Leinster Championship when we watched them live. And then Lorcan Dolan as well. They have guys that guys that can score and supporting Hesley. So it's not all on his shoulders. Um, and that's the impressive thing with Westmead. The spread of scores. Like I said, the score 319 from play. Okay, Offaly were kind of... Offaly were pretty porous at the back. They, they won't get that type of space against Cavan, but they have firepower that can really hurt Cavan in that fight and they will fancy their chances. And that's, it will be a brilliant game. And that's what this tournament is about. That's why it was brought in in the first place. You've seen the progress, likes of Sligo, Offaly, Carlo beating Tip, Leitrim getting a run as well. That's the purpose of this competition. Yeah, and for it to start off in, in year one, it's been really good. It's been really good, and we're going to get a brilliant final in a couple of weeks' time as well. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, the GAA have got this one right finally. <laughs> There's definitely, and like I think uh, Andy Moran did a piece on Off the Ball OTBAM last week, and he was talking to Owen Sheehan about it, and he said, "Yes, they were delighted with you know getting a little run in the Tartan Cup, but they were sickened that Sligo were going to get that game in Crow Park. Yes. That they couldn't get that into the body, into the bones, see what it's like to play in Croker. And I actually think your point is very well made." This is essentially an intermediate All-Ireland. It's the semi-final stage. It deserves to be played at that stage. Like qualifiers are a different story altogether. I even think there could be a conversation out of a quarterfinals. This is a semi-final. Even if there's only going to be 20,000 there, there can be little things done to fix it. James, for a team like Sligo and Cavan and Offaly and Westmead, now Westmead have played in Crow Park plenty over the last five or six years and they've probably been on the, the wrong end of pace things a lot of the time. Um, some of the times. Like a lot of them would remember their win against Mead and they were nine points down at half time and had an epic comeback in 2015. D- does it make that much of a difference to get games in Crow Park? It does. It does for a couple of reasons. First of all, the football played in Crow Park is like a different sport to the football played in a smaller field in different time of the year. Like summer football in Crow Park is so fast, so reliant on kick passing and legs. So to get that into you and see that intensity upped and actually perform at that level is unbelievable for a player. And to go actually and play a high-profile semi-final like the Talton Cup and go home after performing in Crow Park, it gives you a different kind of feeling of, of being a county player. Like, you've, you know, it's like that's where you should be playing big semi-finals in Crow Park. So to go and perform and do it, it does. It just adds an extra, extra layer to the whole thing. Obviously, we're saying we want to pack our grounds. But when it comes to semi-finals and finals, they have to be they have to be there. To be fair, and I know there was a big yesterday. If if you look at the start, so the two most are probably inexperienced teams in terms of Crow Park are Sligo and Offaly, and the start, the first quarter for both of those teams, they weren't at the races. Yeah, Cavan go six 0 up. Westmead go one four to no score up over the first basically the first quarter of both games. Then they kind of start settling down, and that could be a bit of a Crow Park factor, particularly yeah. for Sligo, who haven't. I'd say not any of those guys have played there. So that piece of 
it is a little bit of an advantage for, for Cavan when they played the Division 4 final there obviously earlier this year they played Dublin and all Ireland semi-final a couple of years ago and awfully been in the Leinster Championship but played a couple of games probably not as much as Westmead but they have young players coming through so it is a different experience you're right in July the sun is shining it is fast and there's no hiding place and you can just see probably both of those teams the initial quarter for both of them and ultimately probably cost them both the game Sligo definitely will feel if they were just a little bit more solid at the start they could have nicked that game awfully we're, we're, we're probably a bit more outplayed over the course of the game but yeah even shooting is. at the post Paddy like even yeah. just going into uh, the stadium and having shots at the post in Crow Park like in the canal end it is kind of a different there's a different curl off the ball or something down there yeah. it does take one or two appearances there to actually to learn the goals yeah. And then from a defensive point of view, it, the, the sound doesn't travel on the field. Like, fair yeah. enough, obviously you can't hear anything when, when it's full, but even when it's kind of half crowd, the communication seems to be a bit, a bit less. Like in the small yeah. kind of intimate grounds, you can nearly be talking to your corner forward and, and telling him if you're the goalie. Yeah. But like in Crow Park, there's none of that. You're yeah. kind of on your own to an extent. Yeah, oh, totally, 100%. Yeah. James, just say like you had, okay, you, playing Croker just say it's like 14-15 you haven't been in Croker in maybe 13 months or maybe you were there in the league final or something like that what's the first thing you do in a warm up like would you be wanting to get on ball in a warm up and take a couple of shots yeah. to the post like what are you yeah. doing when you walk onto the pitch in Crow Park I used to like to take a good a good couple of shots yeah just to just to get a feel of the ball it's always a brand new football in Crow Park as well you could be getting any old beach ball anywhere else but in Crow Park it's always a perfect new O'Neill's but yeah definitely a few shots at the posts um, obviously you have your your warmer routines which are good because they're familiar so even no matter what ground you're in you're doing the same warm up and there's nothing being thrown at you that's strange so some strength and conditioning coaches like to keep it very similar yeah. whereas I'd be kind of a case of right, get me a couple of footballs. Just have let's get to know the post because it's going to come down to that, really. Even kick it, a few frees, kick a few points from play. Was it always like that for you as well, Paddy? Hundred percent. I hated warm ups, so I was always trying to get out of them as much of it as I could. Um, you don't believe in getting the second win, no? I hated that. Yeah, I hated that. But it was the same. Well, maybe it's just all forwards. I think you want to get as many shots off as you can. We, we used to always have a couple of minutes at the start before we kicked into our warm up to do that to go around and do whatever you wanted so whatever the backs wanted to do but a lot of forwards just taking shots it is it, it, we used to film shooting the hill 16 is kind of weird because there's always a breeze there mm. there's a, like the canal end I always preferred funnily enough being a dub but I preferred shooting into the canal end because generally the wind was going down the pitch and whereas with the hill you can and even see it yesterday there's always just some sort of breeze there um, and, in the hill on the hill yeah, yeah yeah all just whatever way the stadium the structure obviously the, the wind's coming in that end but uh, the same as Jimmy just you want to get in and kick three or four balls over the bar and just get your eye into it like I said we were fortunate we played there or not but I, I would totally agree that if you're coming in there and you've never played there um, and you're looking at some of those guys the younger guys particularly from off or for Sligo it's a cool experience. It's class. You want to play there, obviously, uh, particularly for counties who haven't had the opportunity to be there a lot. But I just got the sense, looking at the start for both of those teams, just thinking maybe there was a bit of an element of, of the yeah. croaker factor. And they settled into it eventually. Um, but they'll, they'll take a lot from it. as uh, Patronising as that sound, but that, they will learn from that, particularly the awfully young lads to get in there. And, um, and even though they were probably outplayed yesterday and well beaten, 
there's definite learning experience over the last four or five weeks of what they've done with the Talented Cup. And that is the point of this competition, mm. that these teams are getting games in May, June, into July now for, for the finalists, and they're playing at the height of summer in, in the big stadium. So, look, I think it's been a success today. It's great that those games were live on TV yesterday. Everyone's watching them. And like I said, we've got probably the best two teams in the final as well. Which yeah. Is a and I think on that point, it'll be interesting to see watching next year, do these teams get a kick off at like, it remains to be seen whether John Mohan is going to go again with Offaly. I know he, he had a lot of thought about it last year, whether he'd go back again. So we'll see what happens there. Tomorrow he wasn't sounding too um, overly committed. Yes, now I know. Yeah. It's hard to know off the back of the yeah. defeat as well though. Yeah, you know yeah. yourself. Like it, So whatever happens in Offaly with Siege, there'll be interesting developments there. We'll see what happens with Sligo and Tony McEntee, whether he gets another crack at it. He obviously probably feels like he has brought some of those lads on. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. So one of my favourite things as well, you're talking about shooting and stuff, the selection of scores this weekend, lads. How are we going to pick a score of the week? Last week, Grugan's goal won. We put a vote up on Instagram uh, up against, uh, I think, the Easiest Malone's. win, I'd say, for score of the week ever, I would have thought. Uh, score of the championship, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many lads are out practicing that during the week, that move or playing it up. Did you see the video? Morris Brosnan tweeted a video of the seven or eight throw-ins that Armagh have attempted this move in. In the last really? 18 months. Yeah, they've attempted it and something has broken down. Creeley's missed the second shoulder. The wrong man wins the ball in the throw-up, so the pass is crap. They have the wrong man in the full forward line, so they, they don't fetch the ball yeah. when it lands. These things don't, oh, they it only takes work. once. They rarely yeah. work, but when they do, it just looks so good. Yeah. And they can never do it again, no. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But just, sorry, <laughs> score the week from the Touch and Cup this weekend. Like, Paddy Lynch's effort definitely caught the eye, but I think that was nearly the reverse angle camera in Crow Park, the new angle that we had this weekend. If that camera's on the other side, the shot doesn't he, look as good. Some, some whip on it he got. Yeah. He was quiet though. Evan Lyons, you mentioned Evan Lyons, the cycle for Yeah. Brilliant job. Um, I like Kyle Flynn's goal for Offley. I know it was kind of nearly a consolation goal there, but what a finish. It was a belter. Uh, Lorcan, uh, Lorcan. I loved his, I loved his second goal. goal. Yeah, That's a great, first, very hard to stop that. First goal was a bit of a... <laughs> scramble but the yeah. second goal was a beautiful finish yeah. beautiful finish but I, I, I thought Carl Flynn's goal I liked it I was just thinking he has to go for it and a brilliant finish uh, for a young lad to do that Look, it just it would have been nice if it probably brought it back a little bit closer Yeah, brought it back like eight, 8 or 9 points I think at the time so it was a bit of a consolation score but I like that goal I have to say James any uh, contest at all Flynn's goal was a rasper I think um, there was definitely the, the selection of points that Cavan kicked in that first half like James Smith gets a beauty off outside of the right. Gorgeous score. That's yeah. Blaine got a couple of nice ones. He did yeah. for Sligo, yeah. Right. We'll give it to Flynn. We'll give it to Flynn. So. The drop kick goal. Oh, Keith O'Neill. But yeah, the quick thinking from McNamee to slip him in. Like, I thought that was perfect. a great goal, yeah. Because yeah. they hadn't scored at the time. It was a case of, right, chip a point, we're settled into the game. Yeah. But he went for it. And he was pulled back just as he was about to pull the trigger. And he managed to drop kick an outside the right into the roof of the net. It doesn't like it's it's only when you actually appreciate the skill level to keep <coughs> control of the shot when you realize how good a goal that was. Yeah, um, I, so I, I would I, I would let's put, put that we'll, in the mix. We'll put it up on a vote and we'll see what comes out. But I actually I think I'd forgotten that O'Neill goal, that bit of quick thinking from McNamee as well. Yeah. So the Talton Cup final is going to be on the Saturday of All Ireland semi final weekend. Yep. So we'll have the senior semi finals and then the Talton Cup final on the Saturday. We'll see what games are on that weekend. You know, they're, the way those semi-finals are lining up, we've obviously got the blockbuster side, which includes Dublin, Cork, Kerry, Mayo. 
And then we've got the side where it's hard to call who's going to come out of it with Armagh, Galway, Derry and Clare. Yes. So it's over the next... Serious. It's a lovely... It's, what a chance to get to the final for oh, all really? those teams. It's incredible. Yeah. It's class. What it's a chance. We're going to be back very shortly to preview the All-Ireland quarterfinal weekends. But as everyone on the football pod will know, we have been working with the boys in Own Rua, GA Club in Tyrone, over the last couple of months with their brilliant fantasy football yeah. game. And we just want to pass on a message of condolence to them all. The tragic news of the Tyrone Hurling captain's passing at the weekend, Damien Casey, it's probably hit everyone very hard. It, it's such an awful story. So we just want to say that we're thinking of you. It's just awful. That's it. We'll be back on the football pod talking about the All-Ireland quarterfinals right after these. You're very welcome back to the football pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. We are into the last eight of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship and this weekend we have got two doubleheaders to look forward to. On Saturday, we have Derry Clare at 3.45pm and we've got Dublin Cork in the afternoon. And on Sunday, we have got Galway Armagh and Kerry Mayo. Now... I don't know what, what day you think is better, lads, but they're going, to be, they're going to be two cracking games, two cracking days of football. I don't know whether that was a, a, a slip of the tongue there. There's definitely going to be two blockbuster games. I think we can, we can guarantee that. I would also argue that Derry Clare is going to throw up a couple of tasty Ooh. moments and it's going to be hard to call that. I'm saying it now, it's going to be hard to call that game. Really? I really think so. I really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna make my case a little later, but I really think so. I'm looking at three of these games, being pretty confident of how they're gonna go. Really? Yeah. Three of, three of them. Three of them, and I think, look, I think the the standout game is is our oh, yeah. It's so hard to call. It's two exciting teams. We asked the one of the very first football pods of the season. We're talking about teams. Putting a marker down this championship that it was the most open championship we're going to get. And we're challenging Galway and challenging our man to kind of come out of the pack. One of these teams, I, I think the winner of that game will be in the All Ireland final. That's really? the way okay. I see it. I think it's yeah. that big an opportunity. I think, uh, I don't see it, Tommy, that the Clare against Derry, I, I think Derry will have too much. I think it's a brilliant draw for Derry. They've had, it'll be nearly a month since they played in the Ulster final and we, we said it, it's hard to get a read on the now because you feel like that was their mountaintop yeah. that, that, that they won that and it's kind of what is their mentality going to be what have they done over the last four weeks <laughs> you kind of feared for them if they got a really tough draw but I, I, I think no disrespect to Clare but that was probably the best team Derry could have got in the draw and I think they have the backs that are going to be all over those, those Clare forwards who were outstanding for them in their win last week over Ross Cabell. But I think they're going to have too much in that one. I think the really tough one to call for me is the Armagh goal. Yeah, let's start with, let's start with that. I'll make my clear case later. Sunday, the game's on Sunday. Are the yeah. yeah, they are. Aren't they? That is going to be Sunday uh, in Croker. And yeah. by the looks of things, we're going to have a pretty big crowd at that one. So. 70? Is it 70? Wow. The biggest crowd of the season. You'd have, you'd have, will you have 30 Armagh? 25 Armagh anyway? There's a lot of talk coming from them. They're on crest of a wave as well. So you have five or six hundred Kerry. Yeah, we know Kerry people. Kerry will be yeah. They they're just bad bad we'll Save, save the train trip for the semi final. Is that what they'd be saying? Let's come back. Let's start with Galway Armagh because this is definitely the most intriguing tie of the weekend. And you yeah. said it already, Paddy. There has been a lot of talk out of Armagh, and we can't blame them 
because they're on a run. They have a bit of momentum. They have the qualifier kick. But in Galway, we haven't seen any of the provincial winners since the 28th and 29th of May. Long and it feels way. like a yeah. long time ago. A lot has happened since we've seen the play. Yeah. You, you know, so it, it is, it's... Galway, we asked them to back. It was a massive win, obviously, in McHale Park earlier in the summer, getting that win over Mayo. The way they set up, the way they won that game was a massive statement for them. They're under pressure to do that. They disposed of Roscommon pretty clinically in the Connacht final. Okay, Roscommon get a couple of scores laid out hmm. and get back, but we've seen Roscommon, look, they were poor. They're knocked out of the championship by Clare, so it's hard to kind of read too much into what Galway did there. This is a massive test, but it's also, like I say, it's a massive opportunity for both of these teams. They are looking at it, like you say, you've got the bigger, more experienced teams on the other side of the draw. It's so tight to call. It's so tight to call. Do Galway, you know what Armagh are going to do now. Armagh have seen, they know what works for them now, that the, the conservative setup that they used in Bally Buffet has been totally discarded, which they needed to do, and what they've done over the last couple of weeks uh, to, to the all Ireland champions of Tyrone and their dismantling of Donegal last week as well. They are going to play in the front foot. They're going to be aggressive. So do Galway kind of retreat back a bit, try and frustrate them and hit them on the break? I think p- potentially we could see that. Or do Galway say, well, if they're going to be open and expansive, do Galway do that? And, and I suppose play their more traditional style of play. I think that would be a mistake. I think yeah. they should look to frustrate Armagh and hit them on the break. Because you look at what Donegal did in that first 20 minutes. As good as Armagh were after the black card, Donegal attacked with intent and Armagh were in serious bother there. Hmm. You see, nine points to nine points to one, two down. There's a template there of how you can hurt them. And Galway have the tools to do that. So it's a fascinating game and it's so, it's so tight to call. But in terms of momentum, even though Galway have had a great season so far and they were the best team in the Connacht Championship, they'll take confidence from that. Just the last couple of weeks from our man, the buzz around that team mm. and that they've got and the momentum they've built up. They'll have a massive following there. You can see it all over social media as well. I think it's going to be a cracker of a game. Um, but it's interesting to see how Galway are going to adapt and what way they're going to play in Crow Park against this Armand team. James, can, can I... Can I, can I yeah, go, go on. Oh, no, you go over your, your, your thing first and I'll come in with a question. Go on. I was go just on. going to say that if you look at the last couple of weeks, what have both teams done? Galway have been training. Played Kerry, did they? Did a game against that, Kerry, I think. I think they did, but... Yeah, I know it's a challenge. I mean, it's still a it's still a training match. That's yeah. you're not actually getting up that morning with anything in the stomach. You're not getting up butterflies. You're not getting nervous. You're not. You're you're kind of you have to do it, but you're doing it for training purposes. Whereas mm. Armagh have actually had to turn up and perform in the white heat. Yeah, and that's that's the preparation you want. The more of those games you have in the build up to a big game, the better. Coming in cold is difficult. That said. There's just something about Galway always that they have so much individual talent that they could hurt anyone. And we saw Donegal picking off long range points. Conroy, Walsh, these fellas can do that. Finnerty. They will kick and kick. Yeah. So they have, they, we said the template is to do that probably, Paddy. They actually have the tools yeah. to do that. But it'll be interesting. I think Galway have a lot of experience in Crow Park. Armagh showing what they can do in Crow Park against the Dubs at start of the league. Yeah. So I don't think either team will will fear that. So it could be it could be an outrageously good game. I, I'm hoping for for a classic, and it's it very will. hard to come. I, I think if you're looking at matchups, though, like 
if you're playing Galway, we said this always who's going to deal with Shane Walsh? Who's going to deal with Damian Comer? Who's going to deal with, with Paul Conway around the middle? You're looking probably Jeremy Oak is going to pick up Walsh. I would think, say. I, I don't, think, I don't no. think that's a good matchup for, no. for, for Emma. But he he's he kind of picked up Myler, did a really good job. He kind of has the legs. He can hurt Walsh going the other way. I think maybe Morgan picks up Damian Comer, that physicality. What about Forker on Comer? I don't know. Does Fork have the legs? Cover's going to drift in and out. Yeah. I think Morgan wouldn't have the legs for anyone else in that forward line. Finnerty, yeah. Finnerty can cause trouble there. Like. I don't think that Armagh have the man for man markers that, that would kind of quieten the Galway fellas. I think the Galway fellas seem to be so agile and athletic and powerful. Yeah. Like you Kroger's could argue gonna, that Kroger no one in both, both of these teams in terms of their attacks. Yeah, will, will challenge their defenders. <laughs> it will yeah. challenge their both sets of their defenders. It's probably an Achilles heel, you would say, for both of them, um, in terms of, of pushing on to that final step of being the like, marquee marker of being like all Ireland champions. Yeah, yeah, and like the benefit of the athletic rounds for for, for Armagh, it's so tight. The same yeah, playing exactly. in Salt Hill or places like that. When you're in Croker, the weather in Dublin is going to be savage all week. It is going to be a fast game, and there's going to be space. And one matchup there, Paddy. One matchup gone wrong. Yeah. For 20 minutes can cost you the All Ireland series. Could be five or six points. Yeah. It can could be do one three, could be one four. Untold damage. Exactly. The, game, yeah. the game's gone away from you. So I wouldn't be taking Jerry Og onto. Who do you think pick up Walsh? Would they put Morgan on him and let him go out? I think they'll, they'll have to torture. They'll have to do like. Morgan's probably the uh, play for that, isn't he? It, it's, it'll be a communal effort as well. Like it's so difficult for one guy to do it. There's going to be one guy who's going to be detailed to do it, which are going to need help from across the board. I'm struggling to see. Like I would have thought maybe James Morgan to, to follow him out. Morgan looks like he's more he's athletic this year. He's made for Colbert. No, I just think physically. Yeah. yeah. And maybe Forker then on Finnerty. Possibly, yeah. I don't need Morgan wants to be that far from the Colts either. Yeah. I think Morgan is, is he's, he's happy inside if you take him out the field, I think he's been good. He probably doesn't have a lot of experience out there. I think he's been. He hasn't been bad on the ball. Like it's, it's very important. Like we say, if you're gonna beat Galway, these are the, and this we're at this stage of the chapter now where you're playing the top teams and they all have two or three guys that can really, really hurt you. It's a big challenge. Mayor yeah. gonna have later that afternoon and how they're gonna deal with Kerry. It's a massive challenge. Cork are gonna have on Saturday night and trying to deal with some of the dubs guys as well. This is now the cream of the crop. You've got to have guys that can at least put a dent in the performance of the, of the key performers on the other team. It'll be very difficult to take them out completely. But if Galway go in there and Shane Walsh and David Comer dominate that game, they're going to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. They have that star quality that, that can literally just take the game away from our man. Galway are going to be the same looking going. Reid O'Neill gave his most his standout performance this year that we were waiting on mm. uh, two weeks ago in Clone. So who picks him up? Galbraith exacts it. We need oh, we have been struggling in that area. We need to take him out of the game because if he's as dominant again and Grugan is there and he's chipping in with scores and Duffy and these guys, then our man can win the game. That's why this is so... I think both attacks are their strong points and I think defensively is where the question marks are for probably both of these teams. Yeah. Definitely. And that's why both teams... We'll get body back. Classic. But, yeah. yeah. But if this is, is a 9-8, I'm giving up on football. I'm following the hurling. <laughs> no, it has to be high scoring. But the thing with, say, someone like Shane Walsh, right? Yeah. If you're saying, right, we might not have the one man to quieten him. 
but we'll do some sort of a defensive system, right? We'll keep bodies at home and we'll pick him up really tight when he gets within 50 meters of the goal. But the thing with that is, he can he, if he gets the ball standing still, most players then are, are rubbish. If they get the ball standing still, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're caught. That's where he comes alive. That's where he's at his most dangerous. So you have to mark him even when he's when he's not do, do a you know, out of the danger zone. Pure athleticism. Jarley Oak is probably the most suited to him. I don't think Jarley Oak has defensive sure. instinct enough. He's a midfielder. Watch. He's playing as like a free. He's got a Jerry Oak was exceptional the last day, but it's a freeish kind I'm of a role. the week before as well. Like. Yeah, you're right. Miler did a savage job. Miler. He's a makeshift wing back. But Miler doesn't do the same thing that Walsh does. No, Walsh is, is pure scoring. Down. Yeah, that, that the other guys probably don't have as much. But he, I think it'd be interesting to see what they do because it is it is a key matchup. Like if you take massive. him out of the game, that's a massive piece of Galway's attack gone. Yeah. And, and you know what? From the Galway perspective, we, we've harped on about this quite a lot, particularly this season. This is the type of game where Shane Walsh cements his status. Yeah. He, he, he was brilliant, kind of final, the most, just some outstanding moments of play. This is the type of game we're talking about for him to go to the next level. The next level. Mm. This is a massive game in Crow Park against the, te- the teams don't really know each other. It's not like they're playing there in Roscommon. They know these teams so well. This is a huge game and a huge opportunity for both of these teams. And it's the type of game where Shane Walsh goes out and dominates this game that puts him into that bracket. We're, we're, we, we consistency. You want mm-hmm. consistent performances. And, and for Shane Walsh, we know he's the talent, the quality to go into a game in Crow Park and win the whole game. This is the type of game for him to do that. And go, like Galway are going to be looking to to do this. This is the time is now for him. So I'd love to see the conversation, Petty. Like, what's Keen O'Neill and Joyce saying to Shane Walsh this week? Is it a case of take the pressure off him, or are they saying Shane? No, you your time. <laughs> Let's you have it. Do it, man. He's Let's be having it. Yeah. You got to do it. Like he has, he has, he seems to have everything in place to yeah. just explode. In Cropper. So what what were the boys I saying mean, to you in 14 when you were in savage form? Were they saying anything to you or were they just letting you off? No, we didn't really say anything to each other. No, it was kind of you try and pick problems or pick things you're doing wrong and try to improve on them. Like in 2014, you're man the match in the Monster final against Cork. Uh, did you win it after a replay? I can't remember. But you go on to play Galway then in the All Ireland quarter final. And I don't know if you remember that game as well as I do after having reading about it in the last 10 minutes. Galway have all the possession in the first 10-15 minutes. They're the beaten Connor finals, finalists that year. They kick five wides. O'Donoghue wins the ball. Skins two men. Top corner. It's 1-3 to no score after 12 minutes. Kerry had barely even played yet. Galway actually did quite well that day. Ended up seven points behind you. Conversion rate? <laughs> Three weeks in a row we said, you're only as good as your conversion rate. You sure they could have been 5-3 up that stage then? Yeah, you know the big thing with, 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 for you, Jimmy, and you feel us with Kerry. Like Kerry always have six guys who can do our match winners. Yeah, so, so there's not as much. But even though if Jimmy you're the outstanding player, or Gooch was, or Donahue when he was hot, there's always such a such a strong supporting cast in the Kerry forward line that there's not massive pressure on one. On one, okay. Yeah, no, that's definitely the case. Yeah. Even though Colmer's there, like Walsh is the man. Like, he's he's so obvious. He's the man. Reid O'Neill for our man. He's 
there is big pressure on these guys because yes, there's good players around them, but they are the match winners. Do you know what I mean? And McCary and yeah. when we had with Dublin as well, there was never an overly massive pressure on just one guy because of the depth and the scoring power around him as well. So, like for Walsh, what you say to him this week, he knows himself. He's an experienced. He's been around for years now. This is not his first rodeo. He'll know himself. Yeah. And I would say he himself is understands where he's at in his career and the opportunity in front of Galway now. And he, he has delivered a big moments. Think of the freeze, the monster freeze he kicks in, in Casabar in that second half. His performance in the Connacht final. He's starting to give that consistency to his performance. So he'll know himself. He'd be putting pressure on himself to perform. But if I was, if I'm Joyce, I kind of challenged him to go and do it. Like, you have to, he has to deliver. For Galway to win this game, he has to deliver. And it's a, it's a massive opportunity for him to kind of say, yeah, Clifford, Conor Callahan, these guys, Shane Walsh, I'm in that bracket. So that's the way I'd be looking at it. I wouldn't be trying to dumb it down. The thing he has in the locker as well, probably more so than in previous years, is he seems to have really focused on the freeze. And he, he can really nail two or three long range frees. It keeps you in the game. Mm-hmm. It keeps you, like, even if you're gone quiet, get a long range free. Say, that was, you know, I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm in the game again. So, like, it kind of a concentration thing at times with some players where you just need something to go your way. And if he can nail those long, long range frees, I think it'll keep him in the game constantly. Yeah. He's definitely been practicing the frees because he can kick off the ground at both feet. So, yeah. uh, it's reckless. He has right. it all, in fairness. To him. In, ter- in terms of the Armagh attack, I thought it was a really progressive and exciting move that Geezer started Mernon the last day against Donegal. Do you think he'll do the same again? Do you think he'll start with his front six? So last week they went with their regular full forward line of Duffy, O'Neill and Nugent. They started Mernon, played about 56, 57 minutes. They started Supi Campbell, who had done so well the previous day. And then Rory Grugan at 10. Um, obviously, Creedy Sheridan, Jarley O'Burn is then around the middle, third. But like, do you think that they're going to persist with that again this this week? Or will they perhaps go with a slightly more industrious pair like a Jamar Hall, someone like a Connor Turbot who's been a bit of an impact man coming in? Or do you start Andrew Mernon again? I think they'll go with the same team. I think Turbot has been brilliant coming off the bench. He's kind of cemented himself in that role. Campbell, to be fair, was probably a little bit quieter the last day than he was against Tyrone. But... Like if you look, what was the big change in Armagh from Bally Buffet to what they've done in the last couple of weeks? And it was kind of getting away from that conservative, let's play industrious workhorses, let's get bodies back. We've seen what works for this Armagh team and it's been on the front four. Crow Park, getting in there this weekend, massive following behind them. I think they're going for this game. They have to go for this game. So, I would play with those guys. Yes, you get an impact off Turbot off the bench, but I think those guys did a brilliant job for them and they, they deserved to start, even though they had that kind of ropey opening quarter after, the, obviously, the dream start they got. But I'd be surprised if they changed it and started looking at maybe let's play more defensive players and let's get bodies back. I just don't think that suits our man. You've seen it nearly black and white, the two Dunning Dollar games, the difference in mentality, the difference in approach. I think it'd be madness to go back, particularly in Crow Park and against Galway, to, to go back that way. I think they're going for this game, but they should. Okay, I agree. I don't think I don't. If there's not a decision to be made in terms of team selection, don't make one. Yeah, but so don't make a change for Over-complicated. no reason. Yeah, 
Like the, all those fellas are absolutely buzzing with the last week. And they're like, just leave me at it again. We, we're after finding it. Even mm. if they haven't found it, if you believe you found it, <laughs> then that's nearly enough. So I, I think he should keep it as it is. Go with the front foot, kick the ball. But the only difference, Donegal did not seem to mark Reen O'Neill. Now, whatever they were thinking, he was left on his own an awful lot. Like, Gaul will be very tuned into Reen O'Neill. They're going to have to really, really lock him down. I presume they're going to put one of the Kellys on him. I presume Sean Kelly is going to tag him and chase him out the pitch. Like, I don't yeah. see what else they're going to do. I, I doubt they're going to put Liam Silk or they're going to put Jack Lynn. There's too much of a size difference there. I'd say it'll have to be Sean Kelly. Yeah, it's a big, big job for someone. But I think that I think that he can do it. Like, if you look at the two teams, Armagh have taken some scouts this year already. Like, they beat Dublin in the league. They've beaten Tyrone. They've beaten Donegal. Like, Galway have only beaten Mayo in terms yeah. of Division 1 teams. The rest, they've... They did well in Division 2, but they lost to Roscommon. And yeah. then they beat Roscommon, who are Division 2 team. So, Armagh have a lot of good quality football played. Do you know, like they'll be going in after a great win. There's some feel-good factor in the county. Again, like we spoke of, of other teams, I think that the wind is going to be behind them. I think I fancy, I fancy Armagh to, to pull it out this week. Apart from the two box office boys you mentioned there, Walsh and Comer in the defensive matchups, like where else do you see this game being won and lost at the weekend? Well, we've spoken about kickouts, And realistically, every game, has a huge link yeah. to the kickout. Now, I think that Galway, for some reason, I think that Galway might nearly, they might pull something new out of the bag for this game. I'm not certain. They'll either do that or else they'll actually, and Paddy would hate it, they might actually give up some kickouts and just get bodies back. Okay. I think that that's in their locker. I think they might actually just turn their arse to some of them and say, right, have that back there. You're not counterattacking on us and yeah. hitting long balls in will be ready for you. And I think they'll have a press in the locker as well at times. After phrase or something. Yeah. Yeah. Might do a split between the two. Um, what, I, what I hope they don't do for their own sake is fall between the two stools. Do yeah. half arse press or zone and get caught. I think Keane O'Neill knows this very well. He does. He he does. Up, so you are expecting something like that. If, if you think of, like Rafferty has been one of the stars of the championship. Yeah. Three. But we've seen Donegal go after him in that first quarter. Like that is his weak link, to be honest, is his kicking. So do, do Galway say, okay, if Shane Watson ends freeze, then we're all over and we'll commit eight or ten bodies up. Did they try and do that for the whole first half and try and just dominate that area, which is don't let our man out? Or do they say, well, how are our man hurting teams? And it's that play that the throw in we've seen direct kick passes, diagonal balls inside the forward line. So we'll always say, okay, let them have it and we'll get 12 guys back inside our own 45. Mm-hmm. Similar to what they did against Mayo and Castlebar and say, the only way these guys are really going to break us down is with counter-attacks or long kick passes in and try and nullify them that way and hit them on the break. It's an interesting one. Um, I'd look, of course, for our sakes, you'd like to see both teams push up and go for this. Mm-hmm. But Keane O'Neill, you feel he's well experienced when it comes to kick-out setups. Um, that could be something he does. But like I said, and we've touched on this last week, I feel if you do that against a Dublin or a Kerry, I don't think that's going to be the attack that's going to win you the game. 
Yeah, yeah. No, to beat someone like Armat or the way they're attacking. Like they don't have many runners come over. I know Jerry Leon gets a couple of points last week, but it's not like Donegal and their runners. Yeah. They won't get enough. They won't get enough like that to win. Yeah. They need that fast ball. So they need to win the long kickoff. So if yeah. Galway, if Galway just retreat and say, have it, have it there, James Morgan or Farker. Yeah, let him chip it short, maybe. You know, like that does slow down your attack a lot. Maybe, maybe it will be 8-9. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like so if they listen to you, if they listen to you two, I think lads just go at it. Whoever wins, wins. <laughs> but that's what we're hoping for. It's a very that's good point. For, but, but it's yeah. at the stage now where it's like, there's massive pressure. Like, Keen O'Neill Parks, they don't care if this is a brilliant game. <laughs> they, they won't. Oh. Like, well, they because they think they'll win the semi. They, they think just, if they get over this, that's what I mean. It's such be the a big opportunity. And yeah. I would agree with that. I think the winner of this will get to the final. Yeah. So it's it's such a carrot for both teams. Um, but you're right. In all the games we're at this stage of the championship, we've seen already the influence goalkeepers, the influence kickout strategy has on the results of games. If you get it right, you have a massive platform to win the game. Yeah. If it goes horribly wrong you're probably not going to get away with it. You're going to be out. So that is a, that's a big section that we're looking at. And the Galway showed us a template against Mayo that we didn't really know if they had it in the locker. They've used it. And for them, it might not be the most exciting thing to watch, but they won't care about that. They can see if we could shut down our man and if it's dull, but we're in an all the semi-final, Every Galway supporter, every Galway player and part of choice and Keane O'Neill and those boys will take that. If I know Donaghy, he has, he they're practicing a long kick out, out for, to escape course, a press. They have to be, yeah. So they've been working on that. So if Galway do it and do it poorly, they could be in trouble. Mm. Do you know? I know that the referee probably doesn't have the longest boot. Would he hit, would he get halfway out of it? Yeah. Um, so I he's think not, he's not kicking over the that. press. I haven't seen him kick over the press once. Yeah. Like he's kicking out to his right hand side, the left footer. That's his go to kick. And it, he's not like a Patton or a Morgan where he, he's kicking it to the opposite 65. I know he doesn't have that block. Yeah. But is all you need really just to drag people to that area and flick it? Is, is like, does it have to be? I'm thinking, you know, the 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 MDMA flick to Kevin McMinniman for does it have to be that far up the pitch for it to work? Or Murphy to McHugh, or can it, it actually be further go? The less bodies underneath it, yeah. But yeah. It, it depends on what if if Galway are pushing up and going for it, that's a great opportunity to do that. If they concede and sit back and yeah. they have 12 guys inside their own 65, it's not yeah. really bad. So, like, yeah. it's cool. there's risk and reward with this, okay. All right. I don't want your predictions yet. I can't even give a prediction. I gave mine. You're going Galway, Jimmy. Okay. No. Oh, no. You're going Armagh. I'm going to go Armagh. All right. Well, let's do this, So You're going to go Armagh. This is going to be harder for me to go back now and collect them next week. So you're going to go Armagh. Paddy. I'm going to go Armagh as well. It's tight, though. Jesus, it's tight. So tight. So hard to call. Oh, lads. Galway could be very hot, like. They have a plan. There's been so little said about Galway. There's been so little talked there's, about there's Galway. There's recency bias here as well. The last couple of weeks has all been about the qualifiers, the back door. We yeah. haven't seen the provincial champions in a month. Yeah. I was very impressed with the bite and the bit of anger that I saw in Galway. I thought Patrick Kelly had a brilliant aggression about him, the young fellow who got that goal. Against the Rossies. Against the Rossies. 
I thought we didn't even see the best of Paul Conroy and we, we will see that in Crow Park. Um, Shane Walsh is playing with a maturity and an air of, I don't know, abandon or something at the minute. I just don't think they'll be able to deal with Walsh this weekend. Equally, I don't think they'll be able to deal with Ian O'Neill. I don't want to curse Arma, but I also give Galway a fair chance. So I'm going to go with Galway, I think. Mm. I don't want to shoot you, much you up the you, you, you are talking sense about Galway, to be fair. Like, I would agree with all those points. I do think there are bigger questions about Galway defensively, though. I do think that Arma, if they get their A game, I think they could destroy Galway defensively. Ooh. I think they could. I think there's big questions about Galway uh, on an individual basis. I really was impressed with their system against Roscommon, uh, even against Mayo. I don't know if that same system works in Crow Park. Well, time I think will they, tell. Time will tell. They can get bodies back and stop the goal chances. I think that, like, even if they do that much, if they just don't concede a goal, like Galway have firepower. They have an excellent free mm. taker. They can score long range points. And they will create something. Absolutely. But I just think the wave of enthusiasm behind our man at the moment, that is powerful. It's hard to stop. It's hard to stop. It is. Okay. Let's move on because uh, we've done a good bit on that game. It is one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Our next stop is later that afternoon on Sunday and it's Kerry Mayo. I just think we got to get the elephant out of the room, lads. Go on. I don't know who. Is David oh, Cliff going to be able to play at the weekend? The Cliff? Is he ready to go? Or is he away? Is but he the, in the, the, look, can I just, let me just say it. There's always rumours. There's always rumours, but there have been a lot of rumours. Like my WhatsApp has been hopping from Kerry people, even Mayo people. Then the word was coming back, you know, okay, first word was, he's out, there's a problem. Then there was, he trained last night, all is okay. Then it was, he's out again. In the last 30 what's minutes, what's in the last 30 minutes, Jack O'Connor has come out and said that David Clifford should be okay for the weekend. Ooh. So he hasn't necessarily shut it down. He hasn't necessarily given everyone hope. But is that just part of the game when it comes to Kerry and Mayo? That there's these bloody rumours all the time about team selections? I I think, yeah, there is. All it has to do is start in a canteen in some workplace to the fellow is injured and it can carry in a WhatsApp group the length of the country. I think there's yeah, always going to be rumours. There was. No, he... Uh, from what I heard, he was carrying some sort of a muscle injury, but okay. he's fine. He's back training and he's good to go. Okay. But take that to the bank. Like that, that he missed the Cork game and the Limerick game. That's a no, no. He played. Ago, he like. played the Cork game. He just kept quiet. Oh, sorry, sorry. He, he straight after the Cork game, he was yeah. He was out. So did he pick up the injury in the Cork game, or was it after? No, maybe it was after. It's okay. I think it was just after. Yeah. Okay. So like that's a long time for a muscle injury. So. I can't see how we'd still be out. I did hear he was back yeah. training. So I'll just read out Jack Connor had a press conference. Kerry Talisman, David Clifford should be okay for Sunday's All Ireland quarter final. The Kingdom boss confirmed on Monday evening that there are no injury doubts hanging over the three time All Star and that Clifford has trained away with the panel since the Munster final win over Limerick four year, weeks ago. So now, I'm not saying I'm, I believe any WhatsApp rumors that, that come and go, but the word was that he had trained and the issue flared up again. So we. The reality is we're not going to know if David Clifford is going to yeah. be starting until throw-in. And we've had this before with plenty of Mayo, Kerry, Dublin games over the years. Hypothetically, if he wasn't starting, would this be a leveller? Oh, I, I don't know about a leveller. Yeah. Definitely, if you're Mayo, 100% you don't want him on the pitch. And you look, can Mayo get a boost by getting their own star man, Ryan Donahue, back on the pitch? 
it's not a leveler, but 100% every single Mayo fan would take that. Mm-hmm. That was the case. Um, I still I think, even yeah. if Clifford's out, Kerry have too much fun. I think opinion. you're right. It's, it's more important the Ray O'Donoghue tags for Mayo. Yeah. They need him. The, really, yeah. Like, like, oh. I, I feel with Mayo, look, they're going to give Kerry their fill of it. They're not going to fear Kerry at all. They're an experienced team. They'll have their key guys. They're defenders, pushing up the pitch. Durkin, uh, McLaughlin, uh, Lee Keegan. Obviously, Mayo's Achilles heel is going to be their scoring power. And it, it, it always comes back to that. I particularly Kerry have been the most impressive thing about Kerry and why they're kind of front runners for the All Ireland and what they've done this season today has been their offensive solidity, which which was always a question mark around them. I just see even with if Clifford is out, even if Ryan O'Donoghue is back, and they're both ifs, and we're not going to know until three minutes before throwing if he's playing. Yeah. I just still think Kerry are going to have too much here. I, I do do not see Mayo scoring enough to win this game, even. Without Clifford, Kerry are going to rack up the guts of 119-120. So yeah. I, I just don't see any situation where Mayo get that type of score. Is there a chance that Kerry rests David Clifford this weekend? If, if he's not right. If he's not right. Yeah. I don't Kerry think that Jack you da- does well, that. I, I, I get the sense that you're that confident. I get the sense that Kerry are that confident. Or maybe that's just Kerry. No, I if he's think injured, Tommy, you can't play him here. They, they've got to be looking down. If we get over this game and they'll expect to get over, more than likely they'll play Dublin in a couple of weeks' time. They will need Clifford for that one. And you might call it cockiness, arrogance, whatever it might be. I think they can win this game without Clifford. And if he's carrying a knock and he's injured, you just can't take that you just can't take that risk for players. The muscle knock I is think tricky. Clifford, I think Clifford needs to play because he he played the Cork game, missed the Limerick game. If he misses this one. He's going into Dublin with almost the weight of the world in him. Like, Two months. Two months without a game. I think that Jack could try and play him. If I was, I don't think he's, he's injured. I think he's, he's fine, but I would definitely be playing him. But like, if you look at Clifford's schedule, like even going back to the argument that I made before about the Sigerson, like, like he was completely overplayed oh, yeah. at the start of the year. And it's not that week that you're overplayed that you pulled a hamstring. It's two months later. That's the thing that people don't realize. Like, the, I'm not saying he got injured at that time or whatever, but like with load and everything, you just need to mind these fellas, put them in bubble wrap to an extent. And you know, did, did we mind Clifford enough? Is is a question that I have. But I think that they'll they'll play him because he needs the game. Um, and if he's going to be himself, if he's going to be himself, come Dublin, if we're saying Kerry going to win, obviously it's not. It's a 60-40 chance they probably will win, but. If he's going to be right against Dublin, he needs to he needs to play half an hour anyway. I feel like James Dunham. If he's the knockout, Jimmy, you yeah. can't risk. I totally get if he's back and he's trained away last week and this week, he might be a little bit rusty, but hundred percent you play him. But if he's he's got a muscle injury and they're still yeah strapping him up and they're giving him an injection and all this stuff, that's not worth the risk. Yeah, there's no there's no sidestepping a muscle injury like if you have no, a, you can't hide from it. There's no hiding from it, chat. I. I do get what you mean, though, that if if I think Paddy's point there about if if it's if it's flared up again and you know the, there's a doubt over it, you can leave him out. But James, you're, what you're saying there is you feel like he needs to get his eye in if there is any chance that he's good to go. Mm-hmm. He needs to play. I think he needs if to he's good to go. Hundred percent play. Yeah. 
I think he does, especially with with the the route that Kerry have had. Yeah. Do you know, this is this was if you're going to look long term, will Kerry gain momentum? Beating Mayo is a huge momentum builder. Like mm. if you can get over Mayo, you will have some serious, you know, stuff in the tank to, to go on. If they got a different draw, say if they did were to get maybe a team they've already played or some team already they've beaten, they yeah, wouldn't yeah. get the same juices yeah. flowing. I don't think they get as much value out of it. So you could leave him out of that game. Yeah. But I think that this one, there's a lot to be gained from it. So last week, naturally, you were both very hot on Kerry. I tried to make the case a little bit for Mayo. This week, James is saying 60-40, Paddy saying 70-30. So for argument's sake, will we call it a 65-35 game here? Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. So, <laughs> Paddy, can you... So I, I, can you make can Mayo do anything differently up front? Can you make give me something? Give me I something. I haven't done anything here. differently up front in ten years. Okay. So, yeah. are we expecting them to come out with be like the Harlem Globetrotters on Sunday? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I think Kegel will get a couple of scores. I think Paddy Durkin will have the shooting boots back on. He'll get a couple of scores. Mayo will rise to this game. They will, but I, I just think quality wise up front, they're they're not going to outscore this Kerry team. They're not. This is where it comes back. We're missing someone like a Tommy Conroy. Yeah. It's massive. They, they probably felt it already. I think they have felt that already this season. But in, in the biggest games, you have got to be able to shoot the lights out. And their, their scoring percentages is just, it's never been a strong point. It was particularly poor against Kildare a couple of weeks ago. They will be better than this. Like Mayo, like I said, the mentality, their athleticism, their, their approach to these games from James Horn and from those players can never be faulted. But I just think technically they're not going to have enough in this game. And that's even without, if Clifford's not there, if Roy Donahue's back, I still don't see it. I still don't see it. So I okay. don't expect them to do anything overly different. I think their half-backs are going to be the most dangerous players on the pitch. Yeah. The big decision around did he go with Aidan O'Shea in this game. He probably hasn't played well in his last couple of games in Crow Park. He was good in the, kind of in the qualifier games. You said that in Castle Bar. Where's his role? Did they play him at midfield? They need Manny Ruan to get back to the form he was in kind of 12 months ago. He's probably had it. Probably he has had a poor championship to date. Mayo need all their best players to absolutely perform at their optimum. And they, one thing you can say about them, they usually do in the biggest games, mm-hmm. but I still don't think that's going to be enough. Um, I think Kerry's defensive system that they put in with Paddy Talley and the work they've done, they're just just way more organised. They're way more, they're in in tune with their defensive duties all over the pitch. Dermot O'Connor, Jack Barry kind of supplementing that that half-back line, dropping back in. Tyke Morley's done really well, sweeping up in front of that full-back line. And the full-back line has been excellent. So Jason Foley's really kind of maturing into a man marketer. They have Thomas Sullivan. I just... I don't see any situation where Mayo win this game. I'm sorry. I like Kildare. Kildare should have beaten Mayo. Kildare should have beaten yeah. by five or six points if they had their shooting boots on. But no, not a but. But if you're saying that not a but, Mayo, Mayo not a but. But Mayo need to go with their strongest. I think they'll go. I think they'll take Cohen out of the backs. No, and I think they'll play him. I think they'll play him wing forward. You think Cohen will drop Stephen Cohen? No. Oh, sorry, you're playing playing with four. four. He'll go back because they have to do something. They can't go six on six, right? He'll play Aiden Shea centre forward. He'll play Flynn and 
Ruan. Midfield. Dermot O'Connor on the other side. He play Ryan O'Donoghue, Killing and Kearney. Or Kerr. Kerr or Kearney. So full forward line, Ryan O'Donoghue, Killing O'Connor and Kearney. Aiden 11. Aiden Shea 11, yeah. He has to get his best players on the field. Jeremy, Jeremy O'Connor. Jeremy and Cohen. Okay. And Cohen. Okay. I was saying Cohen or Boland, depending how adventurous he's feeling. Like Boland, there's there's the scores in Boland, but he might leave him. He might leave him off. They need to get some someone he, back. He Cohen has to play, Boland. but he can't. Mark. He doesn't no, he, fancy Boland. He doesn't. Boland was leaving the squad for half these games. I know he's yeah. bad. He kicks a couple of scores. That is true. Like he doesn't really fancy. Him. He's not a James Horner type footballer. No. But you couldn't put Cohen on any of the carry forwards. I don't think at the moment. But he like that's what we think, Jimmy. But he likes him. He's the captain. Oh, yeah, he, he, oh, he has some that for, but I think if you brought him on, if you played him 12 and brought him brought him back as a sweeper, kind of he's a good leader, yeah, carries yeah. the ball well, yeah, Get, don't have the, the marking duties. I think that might be their way to go. They, like, like they should we put him on Ben McCormick? And the man on the street is like, that is a bad matchup, but that's hard. Yeah. He's like, he backs him. I, yeah. I think the Mayo defense in the league final compared to what we're going to see this weekend is going to be. Like chalk and cheese. Um, league final attitude. Like their, their yeah. league final, we spoke about this down from Castle Bar, and we, we knew we kind of flagged it in advance of that game. They weren't arsed with that. You will see a different Mayo mm. on Sunday. Like nothing sure or not. It was Rory Byrne, Keegan Cohen, O'Hora, Plunkett, Brickenden, Hessian. The one thing that you're lacking there, you're, you're losing your pace. It's not there. Like, so this weekend, we're more than likely going to see Henley, Keegan, Mullen. like, like Mullen have three in his back, but is he going to play there? Hessian, Durkin, McLaughlin, and then whether Stephen Cohen plays six, I do think Cohen will be playing, but I think James could be onto something there playing. I think out. he'll play Plunkett. Well, I don't know. It's Plunkett. I think Plunkett's hurt. Is Plunkett's it? injured. Plunkett's out. So I think may only have, may only have. Padraig O'Hara. No, Plunkett's <laughs> out. Plunkett's got injured. He injured a couple of weeks ago. The only defenders Mayo have in the bench are Padraig O'Hara and then breaking them in the queue, breaking them in the queue. So we'd probably start a horror. But he has. Well, who he would has you put? Get who best. would you put Oshie Mullen on, James? I, I, like the Cl- Clifford Oshie had a Mullen good game on Mullen and Tralee. I think he'd be better in the half back line for okay. for Mayo. He definitely had something going forward. His pace is excellent going that way. So you put him on. Who are you putting him on? Well, whoever Kerry line up at eleven, it'd be either Potty, Clifford, or Shawnee. I think I think it'd be Shawnee Shea. I'd imagine. Well, on Shawnee Shea and Paddy Durkin and Paddy Clifford. Yeah. Okay. Keegan, if the Cliff is playing, you put Keegan on him. Just go go on, mill him. Oh, I don't know. Don't think yeah, that works. I, you, that didn't work you, you, with Khan in nineteen, did it? If Clifford well, plays, handful, but who else you got to put on? Cohen plus. Yeah, if you put Keegan on him and put Cohen and Abel Shea sitting in front of him as well. Like, yeah. Would you not go horror again and put Cohen dropping back? Maybe. I'd like I'd like to see that. I think that that would be like I think that's great. Advantage Clifford. Because really? he okay. had like, Clifford whoever he's on, James. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like the thing is, like it's nearly like the Tony Kelly question. Like Roland McNamee and Thrown did a savage job on David Clifford last year and he yeah, kicked eight bloody points. And if he hadn't gone off injured. If he hadn't got that hospital, if Sean O'Shea hadn't given him that hospital pass and Morgan milled him, Kerry probably would have, you know, gone on to the All-Ireland final. So like, it's like damage limitation. Like if you stop him scoring a goal, is that a good a good day's work on David Clifford? If you look at what Cork did, to be fair, now we know it's, it's a parky rain. Parky rain. The there is very different to Crow Park on Sunday. 
I, I think we're clear for Jay. We're just trying to minimise, just try and stop him getting possessions. Because like, if he has it in his hands, he's getting a shot off. It's okay. like no one, I don't think there's any marker in the country that you can go clear for man on man and it's going to get the better. I agree. I, I'd, pr- I'd actually put Shane Walsh in that category as well. I don't think that anyone, if he plays on Clifford, the Clifford half is a killer, James. He has just, he his is. mentality that right from his first, even from his underage stuff, he is ruthless. Like. That's yeah. what Shane Walsh is probably lacking. That's what we're asking him to do to kind of develop that. And we'll see that on Sunday. But I think Clifford has that. That's why he is. He's the standout player of the country. You know? Like you'd love to be, you'd love to be one of the other carry forwards because say if they do bring Cohen back in front of Clifford, like you're, ta- you're talking about leaving again one on one or oh, or Achilles Lamb one on one, you know, or Stephen O'Brien free on the other side. Like that, there, there should be enough options there. Did you have that in thirteen when Gooch was at eleven? Donahue was he there. Took all the all the pressure. Did it happen? No. Did it ever happen? Because you obviously didn't have him in 14. He had done the cruise with Croaks. Yeah, he did it against Castle Barracks, yeah. We, no, he was definitely, yeah. I think the fact that he moved out to 11 that time was a big story. Mm. Uh, and then it was like he just took to it like duck to water. Like. And it definitely, other teams okay. were then kind of setting up to stop him getting the ball on the 40, which okay. is very hard to do. It's very hard to stop a centre forward getting the ball. It's more yeah. space. Okay. Because your number six is either going to get tight yeah, and leave the centre open or he's going to sit and leave 11 off. You'd be surprised how many teams do that. They leave the 11 off and Gooch used to pick up these lovely positions out wide. He'd be, he'd be out wide. He'd be playing 11 but he'd be just standing out wide and we'd always get a kick pass out to him. So oh, the yeah. six would be kind of thinking, will I mark him out in the sideline there when he's doing nothing? Or will I hold my position? Him. Jesus Christ. But they, the majority, I'm telling you, would nearly leave him off as much as they could and then he, one killer pass back in net. What do you say, James? Two, ki- two kick passes get your score. Two kick passes, okay. Thick guaranteed score. All right, predictions because we got to move on. Kerry, tentatively, Kerry. Tentatively, yeah. Nah, okay, Kerry, I think Kerry, Kerry, yeah. Kerry, Kerry will win it. I'm saying Kerry too, but I think Mayo are going to absolutely rattle them this week. I think. Yeah, I, give I, you that. I, I don't think they're going out with a whimper here. I think. Uh, Have we heard Rhino Dunhu? Is he playing or not? I'm taking that he's going to be a risk. I'd be honest. I, I, I find it very difficult. Like, do and does any just the rumors infiltrate the camp, James? Like, would people come up to you in the street and say, even at the minute, oh, it's such and such backer? Is this the first thing you heard of the rumors? Like, are they floating around? Back home. Well, there's been there's been talk, but you you can't take you can't take you have to take everything with a pinch of salt. But yeah. down here, it is like all the time is like, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Something can start and it can just catch fire oh, and go out there. Yeah, especially okay. around this time of year because people are just obsessed with it. Like, okay, all right, let's move to Saturday afternoon. Paddy Andrews, how can Cork hurt Dublin this week? Um. I think they'll try and frustrate them. I think they need to get a lot of bodies back. I, if you look at uh, Cork standout players for me, the last day, Powder, O'Donovan, Matty Taylor, the halfback, like, like the defenders, they have good defenders. They're trying to get bodies back. Trying to frustrate, you see them trying to frustrate Limerick. I think they're going to have to try and contain Dublin somehow. Like You look at the bloodbath that was the Leinster final, Cork are thinking we just need the first quarter of this game just be in the game just get bodies back I actually think the kick out was such a catastrophe against Limerick 
I think they'll actually just concede it and just say, forget about it. If, if they try and push up the way they, and execute it the way they did against Limerick, they will lose this game with 15 points or more. But putting six guys up and not doing a press at all, Dublin will absolutely eviscerate Cork. So I expect them to, to get bodies back, try and damage limitations and be in the game after the first quarter. Like Cork, if they get the ball inside to Hurley, Sherlock and Colin Mandy, like the one thing those guys are is they're a handful. They're all direct. They don't pass. <laughs> the yeah. pass will be their last resort. They'll take their men on and they'll shoot. And Cork are going to be ho- hoping that these guys just get hot and can't miss. But I just don't think they have the athleticism. I don't think they have the work rate. I don't think they have that mentality up front. Um, and that's, look, uh, this is what I gave I think this is straightforward for Dublin. James, is it possible for Cork to repeat the system that they employed successfully for 50, 45 minutes against Kerry in Parky Rin, up in Crow Park? No. It's absolutely chalk and cheese because that day, fair enough, it was a beautiful day, um, but the pitch played so small and both teams played kind of a sweeper system. Kerry kept Tyg Morley back uh, and they dropped more bodies back and you could easily get from one, from attack to defence. It, it seemed like a short run. The way the game played, it was just, it was kind of a slow pace that if you if you got bodies back, the ball wasn't travelling fast enough to, to catch you out. Whereas I think when you're playing Dublin, if you turn over the ball up front, the ball will be in your full back line before you can blink. It, they're just going to play it at a ferocious pace that Cork haven't experienced yet. And that Parky Rin factor um, against Kerry definitely was worth three or four points and it was still a 10 or 11 point win. Yeah. You know? So there's still a big gulf between the top teams and the Cork. And I think that Dublin are in a far better place now than even Kerry were at that time. So I think the pace that Dublin are going to play in, I think that the physicality of the Dublin players, the familiarity with Crow Park, it's just everything is leading to a comprehensive victory for Dublin, in my eyes. The key thing I would say for Dub- Dublin haven't been tested in the championship. Yes, they've been really impressive, very similar to what Kerry have done in the Munster Championship. They haven't really been tested. The Achilles heel, and there's been massive progress since the springtime Dublin being relegated was defensively how they're going to stack up in the biggest games. The fullback will get tested with these players. The matchups there on Sherlock, on Hurley, on Conor Manning, like I said, the direct, they're a handful when they get the ball, they're going to take their men on. How solid do Dublin look there? How, what's Johnny Cooper's role? What's Owen Merton's role? What's, who's Fitzsimons going to pick up? As a Dublin fan, you're looking in thinking, even I on I think the whole country is, is looking towards this potential for Dublin and Kerry in the All-Ireland semi-final a couple of weeks' time. So you're looking going, how are they set defensively there? Um, I think it's a good game for Dublin to get. Cork will come in, they'll, they'll try and put it up to them. It's a step up for what we would have seen in the, in the Leinster Championship, I feel, but I, I just don't see, I think the gulf is too big. And particularly what I've seen from Cork against Loud a couple of weeks ago, and particularly against Limerick last weekend. I just don't... Basic way of looking at it, I don't think they work hard. Yeah, as well, uh, the type of the type of football, Paddy, that would would actually catch Dublin's full back line out is they'd have to move the ball 
with the foot. Yeah. They'd have to kick it. They'd have to kick it fast, get runners off. But yeah. Cork carry a lot of ball and they yeah. kind of do the do the loop and maybe a cut and get the boys. And their full forward line is excellent. Their full forward line, those three yeah. players yeah. attacking wise are top quality, but they won't get them the ball fast enough no. through the hand. And I don't think Cork kicked the ball enough to cause Dublin problems. Okay. Last meeting was the Super 8s. It was a dead rubber, 2019. Dublin 5-18, Cork 1-17. Paddy, you mentioned that Dublin haven't had a test so far. You could argue that Kerry haven't had one so far either. Yeah. Really. Um, would you have rather had Mayo this week as a Dublin fan rather than no, Cork? No, look, I think, look, I think it's a decent game for Dublin to get. Um, they'll expect to win it. Dublin, it's never been an excuse for Dublin over the years, ever, that we're coming in undercooked or under test or anything like that. That is nonsense. It's bullshit. They'll get the job done, I feel, and they'll be ready for whoever comes out the other side. I expect it to be Kerry. But you want to win these games, Tommy. To be fair, I'd be more than happy to win All-Ireland playing, no, getting no tests, and you get through when you win it. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So... They, I think it's a good draw for Dublin. I think they'd be happy with it. They'll know they'll lead to perform. They can't be complacent. And I don't expect them to be. I expect them to get the job done. And yes, they haven't been tested, but they're very confident. They've built up confidence. Can you think of how low they were in Newbridge earlier this season or that, that game in Clonus? You can see there's a bounce back in their step. And do you think that confidence has returned? That bit of kind of, not, yeah, I'm not saying invincibility, but. You can see it, you can see but... You can just see it okay. was. Now, Kildare were, weren't at the races, but Dublin were ruthless. Okay. And even seen it against me in the Leinster semi final, we spoke about their, their scoring efficiency up in 90%. was off the charts. There was Dublin getting back to the key, I suppose, pillars of performance that you associated with them during the most successful period. They're still getting there. Yes, they haven't been fully tested, but there's there's confidence back in that team. You can see it back in their style of play and expect them to carry that into Saturday night. Okay. We won't get into the chat about um, some people in Cork saying that the GA missed a trick not having this game in, in the new pitch in Parky Cueve and what Wouldn't difference nice that would have made. Sure. Yeah, but maybe maybe down the line that's something. I'm not sure Cork and Parky Cueve will make that much of a difference. Maybe it would. Uh, maybe it would make more of a difference to the fans and, and travelling and stuff, but that's a conversation for another day. I want to make the case that Derry Clare is going to be one of the most interesting games of the weekend. Are you, are you saying here though, interesting, or do you think Clare are going to win this game? Is that what you're getting at? I'm not or, saying Clare are going to win this game. What I am going to say though, and I'm going to put it on the record, that this is going to be a world apart from Ulster football for Derry this week. That Derry and Rory Gallagher have had Ulster on their minds. They have planned and plotted and taken down the All-Ireland champions. They've beaten Monaghan. They've beaten Donegal. And I just think, as you boys alluded earlier on, and you've said it before on the podcast, there is league football in the winter, there is championship, and then there's Crow Park football. And I just have a feeling that Clare having that game under their belts is going to go a long way towards making this game very interesting this weekend. It isn't a, it isn't a done deal. And I think a lot of people feel like it is. It's not a done deal. Yeah, I, Derry are very strong favourites, which I think is... <sighs> It's warranted to an extent because obviously they've won an unbelievable Ulster Championship. Like that was an incredible achievement. The thing about Clare is that they're in a dangerous position for an opposition because they're in complete bonus territory. There is no pressure whatsoever on Clare. 
they have gone above and beyond this year. They've won in Crow Park. They're in a quarterfinal of an Ireland. They've only been there once under Colm Collins before. If yeah. they were to get to a semi, it's career-defining. It's an absolutely unbelievable achievement if they were to get there. Derry will be looking at this thinking, we got a good draw. Okay. Whereas Claire are thinking, this is our Ireland final. It's one no, that's crazy, but that's the difference in mentality. If Derry have the wrong attitude and they're thinking we got a great draw here, we should be in the semi-final, they can be caught because Claire should be playing with unbelievable abandon and confidence. But you say it's going to be a fair cry from Ulster football. I agree, but I think that Claire play a bit Ulstery as well. Yeah. They do they have a defensive carry, setup? They yeah. do, yeah. They carry a lot of ball, they get bodies back. They'll go all out in the first half again, just like they did uh, last week. And they'll have to hang on for stages in the second half. If they can, if they can get a lead in the first half, I'd give them a, a small chance. But you'd still have Derry as favourites, to be fair, after winning an unbelievable Ulster. Paddy, what way do you reckon this is going to go? I don't see it for Clare. I, uh, nearly in a similar vein to, to the challenge Mayor we're going to have, I don't see... And, and uh, like Derry are, are, are different to carry they don't have the scoring trend up front but I do not see I think Caelan Stacks be picked up by by Chris McCaig I think that's a massive scoring track gone for Clare I think like, Clare's last five minutes was outstanding against Ross Common but for 30 minutes of that second half they were comprehensively outplayed I, 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 if you look at the, even in the spring, Division Two, it was really it was just common. Derry and Galway were a cut above the rest, and they were. That's why it was such a surprise for Clare to turn over Ross Common in the end last week. But I just think I expect Derry. They've had a month. They've had celebrate for a week by all means. It's an incredible achievement, but they've got to be looking at this. Going, this is a massive opportunity. Yes, winning the Ulster Championship is defining for a lot of those guys, for Rory Gallagher, for those players, but you're looking at this going, we've got a team we've beaten comprehensively in Division 2. We're the Ulster champions coming in here. It's the best draw they could have got. It's a massive opportunity for them. I just think their their offensive system will shut down Clare. It's going to be harder for them to implement than it, than it was in places like Clonus or up in the athletic grounds, but I just think they, they just have that little bit more quality I think their athleticism has been outstanding. Yeah. And that was probably a question mark over Clare. Like, there's no two ways about it. Kind of 50 minutes on the clock last week against Roscommon, they were out on their feet and they just, <laughs> Lazarus-like recovery in the last five minutes. It was incredible, but for the majority of that half, they were under severe pressure. And I just think there you have the athleticism. I think they have the setup to shut down the Clare forward line. Um, and I think Clare, it's an amazing story from the get to here but I, I think this is the end of the road for them. I just can't see a way. This is more, as I said, I, I had three games and I'm thinking that it's kind of cut and dried. Derry to be Clare, Donald Cork and Kerry to be Mayo. Um, it would be an amazing story if Colin Collins manages to get this one and pull it out of the bag, but I, I just don't see it at the weekend. Yeah, I just think it's going to be closer. I think that's all absolutely true what you've said. I just think it's going to be closer than... We've been, we're being led to believe in the build-up to this game. Like Ross is a question: Is Clare's running game less turnovers and a similar defensive style a bad matchup for Derry, who've gone in as underdogs in every game? A bad matchup, as in Derry as will in, be able to. As in, there's going to be two 
similar systems going up against oh, each other yeah. here. Probably a bit of like I'm not saying it's going to be the, the greatest spectacle, no, but it it's going to be a bit good. of cat and mouse. I don't think it'd be a great spectacle. Like Roscommon play a bit more open and Claire they definitely kind of, do. Yeah. Yeah. So that Claire kind of mimic that a bit. But I think the Claire will revert to very similar to Derry. Mm. I think it'll be low scoring. Yeah. What, could be a cagey one. Derry That's haven't they, they haven't played many games in Crow Park. Yeah. They're coming in off a win there. They've even they've they've been around the place. They've They've settled in there nearly after a game last week. You said it, James, though. There's nothing to lose here for the Clare footballers, like. Absolutely There's nothing. no pressure whatsoever. It's a shot to nothing. A chance to play in an All-Ireland semi-final. They haven't drawn Kerry, which is what happened the last time they got there, which was such a killer, 2016. Like, Derry are, Derry are the better team. But if you look at it, they're both Division Two sides. Yeah. They both have momentum coming into it. So... But, but, but they're both inexperienced at this stage. Yeah, yep. yeah. In Crow Park, all our quarterfinals. I think Claire have been here once before. For Derry, it's totally new territory as well for them. But if you're looking at what we've seen today, Derry's performance in the Ulster Championship, like they are, they're favourites for a reason. Yeah. Do I think Claire can cause them trouble? Yes. But I, I don't, over the course of 70, 75 minutes, I think Derry's athleticism, I think their game management. I think their offensive system is made to shut down that Clare attack. Like okay. Peter Sexton had the day of days. Ross Common, we've said it so many times, they're easy to play against. That is not going to be the case for those Clare forwards at the weekend. O'Connor coming from midfield and, t- and things like that. I, 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 no. No matter what you tell me, Tommy, I'm not for changing this one. Do you, think, do you think that Derry have eyes on Sam Maguire? Like, really have eyes on it? I, I think this the way this draw has panned out, if they didn't, they should. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they'll win the whole thing, but there's a, there is a chance there. to get to a final, like, yeah. which would be outstanding. Okay. But if you were Derry and Rory Gallery looking at the draw going, that's the best draw we, we could have got. Everyone's saying that, aren't they? They so. must be. They must all be saying it. Um, 90 seconds. Okay. Andrew McKenna. Sorry, can I get your predictions? Derry, Derry. We're going Derry, Derry, Derry. Derry, 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 Derry. And then was it Dublin, Dublin, Dublin? Yes. Kerry, Kerry, Kerry? Yeah. Very Armagh, Armagh, Galway. Okay, so. Jimmy, you're Galway. No, I'm Galway. No, I'm Galway. I'm Galway. I just think, yeah, I just think there's going to be one upset this weekend. Okay, very quickly, because there's a couple of questions in here. Uh, Andrew McKenna, great for the country to see just how good the likes of Sam McCartan and Ron O'Toole are. Very true. The Westmead uh, yeah, forwards were in serious form at the weekend. Evine sent in a very long message this week trying to make the case that man for man, quite a few of the Mayo players would start for the Kerry team. I'm not going to read out the message to you, but would for ye, any of the Mayo footballers start for the Kerry team this weekend? Was Evine drunk sending that in or what? I don't think so. <laughs> what, Ker- what Mayo players would start for Kerry? That's what I'm asking you now. Keegan, you could make a case for a good few of them, yeah. Definitely. Keegan, Durkin, Mullen. Mullen, maybe. Are they starting? And then you've got White, O'Sullivan, Foley, Morley. Like, what about midfield? Yeah. Would you put any of the forwards? Would you put Killing O'Connor in now? I don't think at the minute. No. Not I don't on think. Farm. On history, yeah, but not on farm, probably. Dermot O'Connor, 
There's another gear in Dermot. He needs to have a big game this weekend for Mayo, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, he's had big moments so far, but he hasn't dominated a game like we know he can. Yes. I wonder, will that be the weekend if he comes comes back? Mm. So you, wouldn't, you, yeah. know, you wouldn't put a pass to any of those Mayo lads. <laughs> that is true. Right to yeah. off at your peril, but I think 1-15, to 15, the Kerry team is, is a better team than what Mayo have. But like the likes Keegan, you'd have to put someone like Keegan in that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay, last one. Um... This is coming in from Thomas Colleran. Okay, no, he's only asking our Mayo supporters based on their time going to Crow Park on Sunday, but he sent a winky face so he's only messing. Uh, Kev wants to know what chances of Dublin Kerry not winning the All-Ireland? Is this Armagh's best chance in 2002? I didn't get a chance to tap into the excitement around Armagh. I was trying to talk up the quietness around Galway. How much of a chance do Armagh have to win the All-Ireland? Look, it's a massive opportunity for everyone on that side to draw. Like I said, whoever I think whoever wins that game will be in the final. So, you're one game, you're in a final in Crow Park. Yeah, that's a massive chance for those teams. But I think if you're looking at, you're asking me now who's going to win the All-Ireland, I'm saying it's going to come from either Dublin or Kerry. Okay. I'd be surprised really outside if anyone thought genuinely outside of those two. Final one, James. Give me your six Kerry starting forwards this weekend if you were picking the team. Rumours aside, who are they? I was picking the team. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'd probably go ultra. i go ultra attacking. So I go, I go Stephen O'Brien. Kevin Keegan there. Uh, yeah, pin Keegan back. Stop him going up. This is Keegan. coming in from Tom O'Connor. Go for it. Stephen O'Brien, 10. Yeah, Shawnee. Pawdy. Clifford. David Clifford. Paul Ganey. And... Splan. Splan or... Is Moynihan uh, fit? There was carrying an injury. I think he's fit again, yeah. Okay. But... If I was going attacking half forward line, so I go with Paddy Clifford, okay. I go with Stephen O'Brien just to pin him back. And then you're looking at Tony Brosson or Killing Spillane. Both good options. Probably Killing Spillane had, had a great game against okay. Limerick, so I go for him. Okay. Thank you. James Dunhu, thank you very much. Paddy Andrews, thank you very much. You have been listening to episode 23 of the Football Pod. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Just search for the Football Pod. You'll find us there in your podcast. Paddy James, we'll talk to you next week after a cracking weekend of football. Good night, lads. Cheers, man. Cheers, boys. Bye-bye.